0: We're going to go to John chapter number 8 and uh, verse number 1. Please pray for uh, brother Max Bingham, that God would strengthen him in the loss of his precious wife. I miss them so much. Uh, miss them being here with us, and certainly it gets complicated in times like this. But uh, we're going to continue to hold him up in Jesus' name. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes, these are important people, and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. Now, in English, you can you can see this a little bit, but this is uh, this is almost like they're repeating the same thing over again. They said, "This woman was taken in adultery in the very act." It's, it's almost like they're saying, "We caught this woman. We caught this woman. We caught this woman." Like we want you to know, we caught this woman. Jesus, like, okay, and they said this. Now Moses, what authority do they have? They're the scribes. They're the ones who have been protecting this. They're the Pharisees. They're the ones that teach this. The law of Moses commanded that such, and you can see them pointing to her right here. That such, they're pointing at this woman, such like her, we caught her in the act. She should be stoned. And then they try to, but what do you say? What do you say about this? This they said, tempting him, that they might accuse him. And if I, if I had time, I would go into this. There is something about this spirit that you will accuse somebody else so that you can catch somebody else. They, they would have let this woman go more than likely because of who she was with. Because he wasn't there. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But they're accusing her so that they could catch Jesus. This is a spirit that is so prevalent. And they continued asking him. In other words, they would not, they wouldn't, they wouldn't let it go. He asked, they asked him, he got down on the ground and he took his finger and he wrote. The scripture said in verse 6 as though he didn't even hear him. So when they continued asking him, they kept pressing him. He lifted himself up and he said unto them, can we read this together this morning? He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. He left it there and he again stooped down and he started riding on the ground. They heard it. And they were convicted. Convicted. This is a big word in this story. Convicted in their own conscience, they went out one by one, beginning at the oldest to the last. Jesus was left alone with the woman. When Jesus had lifted himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I. Condemn thee, go, somebody shout go, Go. and sin no more. I don't condemn you, so go and sin no more. I just want to talk to you about mercy misunderstood. Mercy misunderstood. You may be seated in Jesus' name. If I could be more proper with this, I want to tell you that mercy can be. So misunderstood. Mercy is something that people walk on. It's something that they uh, they feel like they have a right to clearly define what it is, and it's so funny because people they deal with things in such a way that if you are dealing with a, a person. And you say something to them about something wrong that they've done in their life. They immediately say, who do you think you are? You don't have a right to judge me. They'll start pointing fingers. Those people don't understand mercy. They don't know what mercy is. They they don't get mercy. Mercy is something that doesn't exist in their vocabulary. Listen. I'm going to make a really bold statement right here, okay? And I'm going to tell you that mercy is not what modern religion has made it. People look at God and say, how could God sit on the throne of heaven and send people to hell? That's that's not mercy. You're right. That is not mercy. Because God does not sit on the throne and send anybody to hell. Anybody that will spend eternity in hell had to walk past the mercy of God to spend eternity in hell. Now I'm just going to get started this morning. We're lifting off the runway. I'm not I'm not flying no big jet today. I'm in a helicopter. We're going to lift off and take off right now. I want to tell you that God does not send people to hell. He doesn't sit on the throne and damn people to hell all day long and say, well, since they don't do it my way, then I'm going to send them to hell. They brought this woman to Jesus and said, the law said this is what's supposed to happen. And so if this is truly the way he is, then he would have said, then fry her hide. Just get the throne a matter. But Jesus brings this more to a level playing field. And he starts asking questions that people do not like to answer. He starts making statements that people do not like to deal with. Now, there's a principle in here that I think deserves a little bit of time. The scripture said that when they started pushing Jesus about the law, that he stooped down and acted like he didn't hear him. Have you ever had a time in your life where Jesus acted like he didn't hear you? There's probably a reason. The Lord gets quiet when you already know the answer. Anybody in here ever have a really, really, really cool teacher that while you were in the middle of a test and you raised your hands that they'd answer your questions? I didn't. Because my teacher always told me, when you get to the test, you already know the answer. And if you don't, you fail. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. We we get in the middle of tests, and we start asking God. Boy, it's going to get tough in here. I feel it for a minute. We start asking God to affirm our opinions. Rather than us obeying the command that we already need. So we get in a tough time and we start going to our friends and saying, hey, pray for me. I need a word from God. Pray for me. I need a word from God. Hey, pastor, I want you to bind together with me. I need a word from the Lord. I'm going to tell you a funny story. And I hope he gets to see this. I hope he tunes in just to see this because my kids pick on him all the time. Pastor Dwayne Chapterlane in Michigan. You may have heard this. He may have told this here. I don't know. Pastor Chapdelaine in Michigan, he was going through a season and there was a, a man preaching at Michigan camp meeting, very powerful man, used in the gifts of spirit. He stood there the whole service on the platform. Brother, Brother Chapdelaine was standing there on the platform and he was saying, God, let him give me a word. God, let him speak to me. Anybody ever done that? When there's somebody, you're like, oh God, please let him speak to me. Now, I know some people that are afraid to come when there's a prophet in town. When my dad used to have prophetic guys come into this church, man, I'd spend some, God, I hope there ain't nothing in me this guy could embarrass me about, Lord. God, don't let him call me out on something stupid. I I hope there's nothing dumb. I've done, God don't, and, and I'd get worried, but Pastor Chapdelaine, he was standing on the platform, He was like, God, please just let him, let him give me a word, Lord, please. And he said, after a while, he 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 walked up to this other preacher and he's like, Brother, the Holy Ghost said for me to tell you, dot, 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 dot. And he went down the line. He went this other. He's like, Oh, God, please, please, Lord, let him speak to me. And he goes to this other preacher. He's like, Brother God said to tell you today, bye, 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 bye. And he went right down the line. And so he's getting to the end of his sermon, and Brother Chapdelane was getting kind of restless. He's like, God, please, I'm begging you up here. I need a word. I need a word. And he said, All of a sudden. That, that evangelist turned around and pointed to him right on the platform. He said, you do not need a word. He was like. You have everything you need. That's what he told him. He said, you have everything you need. God's put everything you need in your hand. They start talking to Jesus and they said, the law says this. What do you say? And he's like. Why is he not answering? Because you all know. And it's proof in the scripture. They were convicted in their own conscience. He's not answering you because he knows the same answer you know. Here's the part of the story that nobody ever talks about. The Levitical law of Moses said, yes, it's true. She was supposed to be stoned. But so was the old boy they caught her in the sack with. Levitical law said in Deuteronomy that if a man and a woman are caught in the act of adultery, they're both to be brought. Anybody want to take some guesses? This is just mine. I'm not basing doctrine on this, but I want to tell you why I believe she was a single party. Because I think it was probably a close friend and connection to the scribes and the Pharisees that they caught her with. So they said, let's bring her and get rid of her so then our boy can get out of trouble. And that's the way that sin is justified. When people start pointing fingers, it's usually because they're trying to hide something in their own life. Boy, that right there went over like a zipper at a Velcro convention. Hey, you listen to what I'm telling you right now. When people, can I talk ugly for just one second? Can I do that and y'all still love me? When people get stupid, it's because they've been acting stupid. Is that too mean? You, will you help me be security, Brother Danny? You get me out of here this morning? When I, was, when I was young, I learned a lesson. This is not how my mother and dad told me. I learned this language way later in life. This is what I learned. When you play stupid games. Come on, somebody preach to me now. Come on, say it, Kate. I know you got this. You win stupid prizes. When you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. All you young children that are, that, that are in here, I didn't say that. Listen. People that have true judgmental spirits are always trying to cover something up in their own life. Why are you saying this, Pastor? Because some of you have stayed home and left God out over judgmental people. You're letting people predicate your relationship with God... God's trying to draw you and you're like, "Nope, I'm not going because of judgmental people. Listen, you cannot afford to let shallow people keep you in the shallow end of the water. I'm not saying this to be ugly. I want to liberate somebody here today and free you in the Holy Ghost. Do not let carnal people keep you carnal. I'm not about to let somebody that's got enough spirituality that you could put it in a thimble and it rattle around like a BB keep me from walking in the places that God wants me to walk. Listen, if they want to swim in the shallow end, let them stay right there. Let them judge everybody. Let them be ugly to everybody. But I'm going to a deeper place where what they say cannot affect me. The Holy Ghost sent me here today to set somebody free. The Holy Ghost sent me here today to preach to somebody that you've had a weight sitting on you. And you're like, I can't go any deeper because people are going to judge me. Listen, sweetheart, they're going to judge people whether you're here or not. They're going to judge people whether you show up or not. You let them go on judging and you serve God. I know I know I know I'm just preaching to the choir and you get this today I know you get this but you're not going to be lost because of them you're going to be lost because of you so let them do what they're going to do and say no matter what happens to them I'm going to be saved talking to a pastor the other day and they were talking about people that were bitter over church stuff like church problems they got church issues mad at the church I said hey stop just be honest this is not a church problem they've had problems with people tell me it's wrong when people say they're mad at a church no they're not they're mad at people you don't have church problems the church is perfect The church was redeemed with spotless blood. Yeah. Marriage is perfect. People are not. The institution is flawless. God does not have a church that's full of flaws, He has people that make up the body that have issues. And they're going to have to deal with issues until Jesus comes. But you and I have to understand that they don't have the authority to send me to hell. Brother St. Clair, I'd come back, but those people look at me. Can I, can I just be ugly one more time? Who gives a rip? They look at people like that in Walmart. They don't tip their servers. This is not a church problem. They've got a heart problem. They're not just mean to church people that are trying. They're just mean. I hope y'all are having as much fun as I am preaching this. Hey, listen. I'm going I'm to teach you something right here. The, the Holy Ghost taught me a long time ago. Be careful how you let those kinds of people affect you. And I'm going to tell you why. Because hurt people hurt people. Can I say it again? Hurt people hurt people. And so I got to be careful how I deal with hurt people too because they need healed. This is not just healing for the place. Uh, This is not just a place of healing for people that have been hurt by judgmental people. The reason they are the way they are is because they got hurt at some point in time. And they're in a process trying to figure out who they are. And they need the victory as much as you need the victory. And we got to learn how to work through this today. I want to tell you right now that every one of those men that were standing around him that day that had a stone in their hand ready to kill that woman, every one of them knew that they had broken the law just as much as she had broken the law because they were trying to hide for somebody that she was caught in the act of adultery with. And if it wasn't one of their friends, they would have brought him with her to Jesus does that make sense to anybody why else would they be convicted because they broke the law they knew in their hearts that they were as guilty as she was listen God's trying to teach you something that a soft answer turns away wrath when hurt people act ugly You better have enough Holy Ghost in you to just smile at them and love them and bless them. Listen, I'm not going to let ugly people make me act ugly. I'm not going to let mean people make me act mean. I've got enough Holy Ghost in my soul today, and I've got enough confidence in whose child I am. It doesn't matter. we got to learn how to live for God through the tough times. We've got to learn how to live for God when there's tough people around. You've got to learn how to live for God when others have made you weary. The Lord said, turn the other cheek and keep on moving. Listen, we're going to have revival. It it doesn't matter what... What they think, it doesn't matter. What they say, come on home, come on to the house of God, come on to the presence of God, and let God heal you. You start talking to backsliders, and you find a common thread. Why'd you leave? Well, me and so and so had a fallen out, and and this is what's sad. Now, this I, I'm telling you, this is what's sad. I'm not saying this to be disrespectful, okay? But this is what's sad is that a lot of times the so-and-so that they had trouble with is either dead or don't come here no more. You you understand what I'm saying? They got into it with so-and-so. Well, so-and-so ain't been here in 25 years. But you're still, oh boy. You you got my you helping me, brother Looper. Every time I walked in that church, so and so stared me down. So and so's gone, Dan. So and so couldn't get happy. Listen, y'all, I'm trying. I really am. I don't know why the Holy Ghost has got me on this mission. I'm gonna tell you something about so and so. So and so is unhappy at their church so-and-so is unhappy in their marriage so-and-so is unhappy at their job why are you saying so-and-so because i'm scared to death i'm gonna say a real name and i like saying so-and-so i've been married long enough to know how to talk smart I'm being as vague as those Facebook attackers, you know. Some people. Well, somebody needs to learn how. Well, I'm just saying. You could probably just call them and somebody would talk to you. But. This, is a, this, is a, this is a strong, strong spirit that I'm preaching against today. Because so and so is going to make more people stay home from what God has called them to do in the end time than any devil ever could. I don't want to get off deep into this because I'm going to run out of time. But I want to tell you, there was a a woman, I'm going to give you a very, very quick, I hope I don't even create confusion because it's so quick. There was a woman that was involved in witchcraft and she was trying to be freed from that. And she told an apostolic preacher, that was calling and talking to me about some things how to, how to deal with certain things and this woman said to this pastor, she said listen, I know what people think, but she said and I'm, I'm not doing this verbatim because of time but understand the gist, she said not everything in witchcraft is about spells she said sometimes we just sit back and watch carnal people do all the work She said, we don't have to go and do a church and start casting spells on people. She said, we just get to know people and we find the most carnal people there are and just feed their fire. And we let those people be the mouth. We sit there with our little hands folded. This was a full-blown witch. I'm telling you, she was a full-blown witch that God was delivering. I could tell you crazy stuff. She'd been trained in South Africa. She'd been trained in London. She'd been trained around the world. And she said, I know that people want to give us all the, all the big kudos. She said, honestly, we just watch carnal people manipulate people. And they'll make it fall apart. It's sad to me to think today. How many backsliders, maybe even watching online right now, are sitting at their home in Anderson, Indiana? They're not in a church anywhere right now because of somebody that hurt them. They got hurt. Because people were standing around with rocks that were intimidating, but they would never be thrown. Do you all remember the saying when you were a little kid? Sticks and stones. Come on, some of you preach it to me right now. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Now, they do hurt words do hurt let's be honest they hurt words hurt but I think I think the concept here is that if you're tough enough they won't stop you sure words can hurt you but when you've got a made-up mind can I just preach God I feel the preacher getting on me right now I want to preach to somebody on this Sunday morning when you get a made-up mind that it doesn't matter if every single person that has ever hurt you falls apart you're going to be saved somebody's going to have to get tough enough with the devil that you start walking into that conversation and saying devil there ain't room for but one of us in here and somebody's leaving and it ain't going to be me I'm not going to stand around and let you intimidate me. I'm not going to stand around and let you intimidate my family. I am getting my family together and we're going to the house of the Lord. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to be sure that my five are in this house every time the doors are open. Oh, Brother St. Clair, there were some people that said some ugly things, but I still got to go to heaven. Whatever you got to do, get, oh, uh, will y'all say this? Will y'all say this so I don't feel alone? Somebody shout this with me today. Get, get over it. Over it. 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 See, so y'all are preaching so good right now. Well, it's painful. Yes, it is, but let's work through it. How many times have I told y'all in the last 20-something years, I am not going to hell for anybody. I'm not going to hell for any reason. Pastor, you're being insensitive. I'm not being insensitive. I understand that real people really do get hurt. But I also understand that when you get a made-up mind, you'll learn how to let the Holy Ghost heal you and let the bomb of Gilead work in your spirit. But you've got to make up your mind. I'm not going to be lost. Oh, I'll feel, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know what the Holy Ghost is up to right now. But I'm going to tell you what I feel in my spirit before we leave this house today. Before we dismiss from this place today. Somebody is going to be set free from things that have made you bitter for years. I'm not here to preach at anybody because I didn't know who all would be here today. I had some ideas that the faithful few would be here today, but the Holy Ghost has sent me here to set somebody free, some things that have held your mind captive, some things that have held your praise locked up. I'm going to tell you the trick to this thing. Instead of sitting down on God, instead of holding your praise in, you're letting carnal people stop your praise. Listen, carnal people can't get me in the presence of God, and I'm not going to let them take 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 me out. I'm gonna worship my way in. No matter what it costs me, I'm going to worship my way to God. If it wasn't for so and so, I'd still be in that church. I'm facing to get off this, but I got to stay, stay here until somebody gets what I'm saying. I knew I was going to use some strong language today. So I just need to know that y'all love me when this is all done. But I'm going to say this as plain as I can say this. I'm going to say this just as sweet as I can say it. And if it will make you feel any better, I'm going to smile when I say it. If old so-and-so wants to go to hell... Let them go. But they're not going to take me with them. I learned some things in elementary school that I don't plan, that I'll never plan on forgetting. And one of those is that misery loves company. If they want to be miserable, let them be miserable alone. You ever feel like when you get off the phone that you're just drained? When you get away from lunch, you're just drained. At some point, you got to take your stand and say, I'm standing on the word. I'm going to be in the house of God when the doors are open. I'm going to support the pastor. I'm going to support my brother. I'm going to support my sister. I'm going to do whatever i got to do. But I'm not going the direction they're going. God bless you, you are dismissed. Is it truth, Brother Kevin? Is it truth? Jesus started writing. They kept pushing. You know why? Because pushy people are pushy. <laughs> this, is so, this is so simple. I, I hope you all don't mind being in kindergarten this morning that's where we at pushy people are pushy and they just kept on pushing jesus got down he started writing some stuff in the ground hey we're talking to you i wasn't there but you know how i walk around scripture and i'm looking at this and finally said jesus just stood up i can almost just hear jesus go all right He stands up and he looks at him and he goes. If any of you suckers. Don't have any sin in your life right now. Then you just sow that stupid rock. That was the literal translation of Aramaic. If any of you sorry so and so's feel like you've got it all together go ahead nolan ryan wind up and throw that joker i mean god knows you're the spotless lamb throw it now folks this is going to get painful for somebody right here that likes point fingers okay Y'all got your, y'all got your seat belts on, got your big boy britches on, got your big girl skirt. Listen, Jesus, whoo, God, I'm going to get up here where I can hide. Jesus spoke the word. He said, if you don't have sin, then throw the stone. But watch verse number nine. Watch verse number nine. Jesus spoke the word. They, which heard it. Some dropped their stones because they heard it and they got it. Others dropped their stones because they'll never be leaders and they're always going to follow other people. When they realized that the mob wasn't going to gang up on this woman, they were like, it's a losing battle. What are you saying, Pastor? Stand on the word, hold your peace, and let the Lord fight your battle. Victory, victory shall be mine. If I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battles. Mm. The ones that heard it got convicted. By their own, the word of God will convict things that a sorry attitude can't. God have mercy. You want to finish this, down? Jesus spoke truth. Those people are liars. They lie and they lie. Well, they ain't going to make me lie. Interject truth in that and let truth talk. (laughs) They're like, huh, this woman. Well, here's the problem. Brother Haney, there's always enough truth in it that it can be true. This one was caught in the act. Is that true? Yeah. What's the rest of the truth? They're sinning too. Oh. Oh. We only want part of the equation. So Jesus said, watch this. I'm just going to take this lie, and I'm going to put truth right in the middle of it, and I'm going to let truth work. And truth goes, whoa. There's a little softness in that heart, and truth goes into this hard heart and says, put the stone down. Should, should I? What, what if? Now, Bishop, this might be one of the best things I've said somebody had to have the courage to be the first one to let it go. Can I preach a little bit of that? Somebody had to be the first one to drop it. Somebody had to be the first one to let it go. And others started either getting the courage or the loss of courage or however you want to say it. But they started dropping it because somebody said, oh, I'm convicted about that. Pastor, why would you rejoice over that? Because anybody that can still feel conviction is still salvageable. As long as they can feel conviction, there is still a heart beating in there. And God can do something. Throw them away. They lied about it. No. Conviction is working on them. The blood of Calvary was as much for those people as it was for the woman caught in the act. let conviction work so jesus looks up and all the stone holders are gone he cleared out the pitching mound he cleared out the bullpen there was nobody warming up their shoulder anymore they're all gone so he calls it to the attention of this woman the bible said that when jesus saw that the accusers were gone he said to the woman look up woman Where are thou accusers? Where'd they go? Where are your accusers? Is there anybody still here? And she said, no, Lord. And Jesus says this to her. Neither do I condemn you. I'm going to get on this for just a few minutes, and I'm going to let you go eat your hamburger. But there's something so powerful about this. The word of God comes forth, truth enters the lie, and truth resolves the issue, and the people walk away. But the woman was still caught in the act. The issue still has to be dealt with. The thing that brought her here is still unresolved. Oh, God. The reason that she's here is still unresolved. And she was focused on the people that was trying to kill her. So the Lord brings this together. He said, okay, where's your accuser? She said, there is nobody. He said, okay, then neither do I condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. In the Greek, this word condemn is the word katakrino. Now, I'm not going to make you snore in Greek and dream in Hebrew, so don't don't get jacked up here. But I'm telling you about how people misconstrue the scripture. And they say, well, every time I go to church, I feel condemnation. No, you don't. You feel conviction. Condemnation, katakrino, means literally to cast a final judgment. As in like, this is the final say, you're done. Mercy walks into the moment with truth and lifts the final judgment off. Catacrino, He said, neither do I then cast the final judgment on you. This is mercy. Now go... This is not going to be popular. I'm sick of feeling condemnation. You're not feeling condemnation. You're feeling conviction. Conviction calls you to change. He said, go your way and stop. Stop doing what got you here in the first place. Go your way. When are you people ever going to learn mercy? The mercy teacher taught us. Mercy looks like you messed up, but I'm going to lift that final judgment off of you. Now go your way and stop doing that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Right. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, catacrino yes. poof, is lifted off of you. Yes, sir. Romans chapter 8, I believe it's Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1. Here goes pastor's test. You ready? Brother Wendell? Oh! There is therefore now no catacrino to those which are in Christ Jesus and that's where we usually stop. Watch this though. I love this mother. Who walk not after their flesh. But they walk after the Spirit. This is something you don't hear preached every day. Jesus said the key of condemnation, woman, is in your hands. You're blaming God for condemnation. You're blaming the church for condemnation. Mercy lifts that off of you and says, now you've got it in your hands. If you have condemnation, it's because you didn't stop doing what mercy said you could stop doing. Am I helping anybody? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Baptism has become such a big religious ceremony where people get baptized so they can be a member of a church. I'm baptized into Christ. I'm not baptized into a church. And the reason that I'm baptized into him is because when I'm in him, the catacrino is lifted. When I'm in him, there is no condemnation. As long as, this is not Pentecostal rhetoric, this is Romans 8 1. As long as I walk not after my flesh, but after the spirit. As long as you're pursuing the things of God, you cannot be condemned. Some people hate conviction, but it is the greatest tool that God has ever used to draw men to Him. As a matter of fact, and and, and I know I'm taking just a little bit of hermeneutical privilege here, but I I want to tell you, I believe that synonymous with conviction is the kindness of the Lord. Because the scripture said that His kindness is... Is what leads us to repentance. Stop looking at conviction as your enemy. And look at it as the kindness of the Lord. When you feel conviction. That means his kindness bishop. Comes up beside you. And takes you by the hand. And you feel that nudge saying come on. Go to the altar. Come, come on. Come, here, come come, here Jossie. Conviction comes up beside you and says. Come on step out of that pew. Come right up here. What, what do we do though? We sit in our pew and we say. Yeah but so and so's watching. So you let that keep you right here. And the Holy Ghost is saying, come on. Come on, I want you to be free. And you're pulling against the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is saying, I'm not going to strive with you for long. This is a window. It's a beautiful window of opportunity. The Holy Ghost says, come with me. And you say, no, I'm not ready. And the Holy Ghost says, Okay. And when the Holy Ghost says, okay. I, y'all, I, I just felt a shift in the Holy Ghost in this room. When the Holy Ghost turns your hand loose, it is one of the darkest and loneliest feelings you will ever experience in your life because you felt kindness pulling you. But when His hand leaves your hand, there is access for another hand. And that is the oppression of Catacrino. It is the Oppression of condemnation because I'm no longer in him. I'm on my own. When the Holy Ghost leads you and you deny the Holy Ghost, you're saying, no, I'm smarter than you. I don't need you to lead me. God I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I don't need you to order my steps. I'll walk on my own, sweetheart, listen to me. You ordering your own steps is what got you in the middle of this angry mob of people with stones. The Holy Ghost said, look around. There is no condemnation. Now come up here and let me work this out of you. Come up here to this altar of repentance and let me work this out of you. You may be sitting here today and feel so heavy in your heart because you feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost. But thank God for it. It's His kindness that's leading you. I'm tired of feeling that heavy conviction every time I walk in the door. Don't you hate that. Give God thanks for it. Because as long as he's convicting, he is still leading. As long as he's convicting, you still got your hand in his. As long as you're feeling conviction, you can still be set free. I wish somebody would reach out today and take kindness by the hand and say, Lord, lead me one more time. Lead me. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof is destruction. But the hand of God, it'll lead you to that place. It's, It's not a broad way, it's a narrow way. And few there be that find it. Do you know how they find it? They find it by that hand, Brother Dan. That conviction that reaches out and said in a golf course, you're going to be standing behind the desk. And God's going to send a preacher in. He's going to look at you, and something's going to rise up in you, Dan, and you're going to say, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost, and I've been baptized in Jesus' name. But God is leading me today to something deeper. Sweetheart, mercy has reached out to you, Sarah. Mercy has reached out to you, Marty. Mercy's still drawing you today. It's still drawing you today. Hey, don't despise conviction. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. Let the Holy Ghost lead you this morning. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what kind of confusion you're in today. But I do know this. I feel that hand of kindness reaching down in the middle of this room right now. Reach out and take him by the hand and let him lead you. You've misunderstood mercy. Mercy is not waiting to judge you. Mercy is lifting condemnation off of you and saying, go your way and don't do that anymore. I've given you power to have victory over it. Somebody take mercy by the hand. Oh, Every time I feel that conviction, pastor, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Listen, there's a way to fix it. Go thy way and sin no more. But, but, but but what if I mess up? That's where mercy comes in. Mercy. Mercy. Jesus. I'm asking you right now for that soul that is surrounded by an angry mob of stone throwers that truth would settle in the midst of them right now and that the accuser would disappear and that the hand of mercy would appear God that you would begin to set that soul free come on somebody reach out to him today lead me Lord one more time lead me Lord one more time yes Lord I walked away from you but your hand is leading me one more time today